Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 51 of the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. This uh, episode is for the month of February 2023. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Brian Reynolds, Vice President of Marketing for Episcopal Retirement Services, and I'm here with Kristen Davenport, our Director of Communications and our uh, also our executive producer. How are you, Kristen? Oh, I'm doing great, Brian. It's uh, great to be here again, and uh, we have another great episode for our listeners. Absolutely. So the Linkage Podcast is dedicated to educating our audience about issues regarding aging, informing people about the mission of ERS, and how that comes to life in our everyday interactions with our residents, clients, families, and uh, staff members. So Kristen, we've got a great show, as you mentioned. You want to tell us uh, what we've got coming up? Absolutely. So February is Heart Health Month, and we've got a few segments that kind of center around that. Mm -hmm. Um, I spoke to Dupree House resident, Ann Wilson, and we talked about a lot of things, Um, a lot of them having to do with her health and fitness routines. And uh, we, um, Brian, you got together with Chloe Huff, our wellness director for all of ERS. I know you guys had a great conversation. And you also were joined by our president and CEO, Lara Lamb, who gave us an update on all things going on around the ERS universe. So it's a great episode. Well, with that said, Kristen, looking forward to uh, hearing from our guests and from Lara. You want to introduce our first guest? Yes, Ann Wilson, who lives at Dupree House, and um, she's a longtime resident there. And uh, I know that Ann is somebody that uh, does a, a very good job of staying committed to her fitness routines. And we thought that'd be encouraging to talk to her and um, give our listeners some encouragement now during Heart Health Month. So here's Anne. Anne Wilson, welcome to our podcast. Thanks so much for being here today. Well, I'm delighted to be talking about exercise and the importance in our lives. That is that is right. It is uh, Heart Health Month. Um, I think you know we're all trying to be just even a little more alert about how much we're exercising, how we're taking care of ourselves, what we're doing for our heart and our all and our physical well being. So um, why don't you um, tell our listeners a little bit about um, yourself and uh, and how you like to you know exercise or use our fitness center there at Dupree House? Well. I have been living at Dupree House now for almost 16 years, and I started out uh, early on with the exercise programs. Growing up, and uh, as a young adult, I did not like to exercise. (laughs) I did not like sports, even though I was forced to participate, (laughs) but I did get going. Uh, sometime around the time I was 35 or 40 and played tennis. But after my knees gave out, I got started with exercising. Um, and when I moved to Dupree, I discovered how easy it was because I didn't have to get in my car mm-hmm. and drive to um, an exercise location. I had it all right here. And I enjoyed the classes very much. I must say, I do that more than independent exercise. And I do go to the pool 
I go to the pool three days a week, and I go to the exercise classes three other days. So that's six days of exercise. Oh, wow. And I find that I really feel so much better when I have done exercise. I have liked the instructors, and in fact, um, at one point, I was the Saturday instructor for the water aerobics class. Yeah. We always have a good time while we're in the pool. It's not just work. We work, but we have a good time, too. That is so true. I, I um, remember a few years ago, I got to come and take a photo of the water aerobics class, and there was like a very fun and um, festive Merry Christmas message. <laughs> and I think I took a picture <laughs> and, and even a video. So there you go. Testimony that it's, that it's not just all work. It's, it's fun, too. Well, I, um, I knew you had lived there quite a while. I'm glad you mentioned that 16 years. That's amazing. Um, and I'm glad that you are such a frequent user of um, that fitness center and the beautiful pool. Um, isn't it nice in the winter when the snow is falling down that you can be in there in just a beautiful, warm um, pool facility that is just so lovely? I, I think that is one of the best things about it. Well, we really enjoy it. And, and as you say, in the winter, it's particularly nice. But um, I try to encourage more people to use the pool. Some people are hesitant right. because at our advanced age, they feel they have their skin is too crepey or they sag or whatever. But that is not a problem. We are not a group of beauty contests yeah, people we are there to exercise and enjoy ourselves nobody is worried about how gorgeous you look or don't look that is good to hear so, it's a judgment-free zone it sounds like it's a judgment-free zone that is correct well that is wonderful um i know that um being there, um, a long time resident there, maybe there's some other things that you um, enjoy in particular about the pre-house that you might like to tell our listeners about. I don't know if it might be the activities or the dining. What else do you enjoy there, Anne? Well, I think one thing is so important for uh, people in the senior living group is socialization. And I think there are all kinds of opportunities for that here. And dining is one of them. Mm -hmm. And we have at the moment, we have a lot of opportunity because we have what we call community tables. Oh, yeah. You don't have to go to the dining room with a set group. You can, but you don't have to. Mm -hmm. You can sign up for a community table. And I was talking to someone today who said he goes every night and he gets to meet so many different people, but he doesn't have to call ahead and make plans. And that's very good. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I've, I've, so I think that's important. Yeah, I've heard that frequently from other residents, especially newer residents. Um, I spoke to um, one person recently, and I think she'd only lived there, I mean, maybe a month or two. And she said, I, I already feel like I'm at home. And she mentioned the community table, how many people that she had met by dining um, with with folks that she didn't make plans with, you know, and it had always turned out really well and found things that they had in common. And, and, and I think that's, that's one of those things about Dupree house. That's so great. It's a very welcoming, welcoming place. It it certainly is. Um, It's really like a family. You have uh, a lot of cousins (laughs) and you have perhaps some sisters and brothers. There are people you know better than others. Maybe there's a distant relative, but you feel you know everyone. And every I don't think in 16 years I have met that maybe one or two people that I didn't enjoy. Oh, Everybody wow. is looking forward to making this their home, yeah. to getting to know people. Yeah. Well, that's great. I'm so glad that you mentioned socialization. And in a month where we're really thinking about our health and our well-being, socialization is super important to that too. And uh, and so thanks for, for mentioning that as well. And thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast, Anne. I really appreciate your time. Well, I think uh, I've enjoyed it. And I exercise is not always easy to get started with. But once you have the habit, it's hard to break that is, because you miss it so much. Yeah, that's some fantastic advice. Well, that's great. Well, thank you again. I appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Well, it was so good to hear from Ann, Kristen. Uh, Ann has a, a, a wonderful habit of you know using our wellness facilities, the fitness zone and keeping herself active. But, you know, wellness is a little bit more than just physical exercise too. And, and you know, certainly the connections and the social part of, um, you know, connecting with her fellow residents and, and neighbors, I think is a critical part of her wellness routine as well. Absolutely. And that, uh, that social wellness is really an important piece to, to keeping us, uh, intact, especially during a month like February, where we maybe aren't getting out and about as much at Dupree House, there's still plenty of options for everyone there. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, You know, being in a community where you can easily just walk down the hall or or meet in the dining room or uh, in the common areas, you know, for common interests, I think is is a really good thing. that I, I see firsthand every day uh, with our residents. So thank yeah. you for that interview. Well, it's good, good for our residents and it's good for all of us to remember. Um, so next up, Brian, is your conversation with our president and CEO, Laura Lamb. And you guys also touched on uh, some other aspects of well-being. So here's Brian and Laura. So we're back again this month with President and CEO Laura Lamb. How how are you, Laura? I'm doing well. How about you, Brian? I'm doing very well, very well. Well, it's um, you know moving into the year and and 
you know, lots of things going on, but I, I thought we might start in a kind of a, a maybe a, a more of a reflective state. And, and that's about, you know, and, and when I say that I'm, I'm talking about self-care and you and I have talked about that, but this is a real, I think, important topic to you. And I, I know the SL we've talked as an SLT about it, but um, I wondered if you could kind of talk about why it's so important to you and, and, and then maybe we'll get into some ideas, uh, mm-hmm. self-care. Absolutely. Well, it, it is important to me, Brian, and I appreciate you wanting to talk about it um, on our podcast. You know, we, we sometimes say, you know, you have to take care of yourself before mm-hmm. you take care of others. And I think for me, COVID really um, highlighted for me personally and people around me, the SLT, maybe members of my family, mm-hmm. my um, my friend group that we say that we take care of others so we can, or we take care of ourselves so we can take care of others, but we really don't. Right. And maybe I'm hanging around the wrong people, but you know, we, tend to, <laughs> nope. we tend to prioritize the work or let the work drive our day versus carving out. And I, I think my kids are so much better. Their generation is mm-hmm. so much better in taking care of themselves. So being with them during COVID more, I was like, how do they have time to work out? And how do they make time to do things that I know I should be doing, but right. I don't? Right. And and so, you know, SLT has had some really candid conversations uh, about, you know, and sharing that when we're out of balance, how it it hurts not only ourselves but it hurts those we work with and it hurts the organization. So last year we made a commitment to really be more intentional about self-care individually and you know me partnering with the the members of this team that I work with closely to set up some systems where we share our self-care because I believe and I know you do that you know, when you verbalize a commitment to someone else, there's an inherent accountability in that. Right. Yeah. So, you know, like when I meet with Jimmy, as an example, you know, he, I always ask him about self-care and, you know, he tells me what he's doing and, and then he'll always ask me. So it's reciprocal. It's not just, you know, me asking him, but he cares about me. And, you know, from time to time, he'll like say, well, you know, you've been saying you're going to get started with that for three weeks, Liam. Are you really going to do it? Right. That's right. not a real example, but yeah. right. right. But you know what I mean? I um, do. So I, it's, it's been good. It's been really helpful to me to share my goals with other people that I know will hold me accountable. Right. And then, um, well, you know, and I, I think, And I want to key in on that because this is something we talked about before we got jumped on this podcast, but, and and it, it, it seems novel, but, um, or maybe not novel. And, and, but I think it, it, it struck a chord to me is that you have to be intentional, intentional. You're so goal oriented as it is, but being intentional about setting those goals is important. Can you share a little bit about that? What you're doing from that? Yeah. Yeah, so it won't be any surprise to anyone that knows me that I have monthly goals, I have mm-hmm. weekly goals, mm-hmm. and those are different than my daily to-do list, right? And I, right. I think what I've seen is people get bogged down in the daily to-do list and they don't set their weekly, monthly goals or quarterly or annual. So um, every week, 
um, either on Sunday, usually, or Monday, Mm -hmm. I map out what the weekly big rocks are. Um, And that kind of drives my work for the week. Mm -hmm. And I've done that, you know, for 29 years as, as an employee of ERS, you know, just because it just, that's how my brain works. Right. But the big aha for me in this COVID world is the intersect between the work goals and the personal goals. And so I've in 2023, they're totally merged. So on the same piece of paper for every week, I have my weekly priorities or goals, and I have my, what I call my health habit tracker. So what are the things that I'm doing for self-care? And then there's a little checkoff box for every day of the week. So, you know, Mm -hmm. did I do anything related to that goal today? And, you know, I use a check plus and minus system so that uh, in a glance, I can go back and say, oh, you did a great job this week on this goal, but gosh, Laura, look at all those minuses. What are you going to do differently next week? Because mm-hmm. if you say that's a goal, but you're not doing it, then is the goal wrong or right. or are you not prioritizing it? Are you spending too much on your weekly you know, work goals or your daily to-do list and not really advancing what you say you want to do? Right. That's, I, I think that that seems so critical and so self-evident, but we don't, we don't do that uh, no. you know, often. So I, I like how you're mixing those. I don't want to call them personal goals, but, yeah. but taking care of yourself is, is a part of, you know, what you want to accomplish for the, the week yeah. or the month or the day. That, that's awesome. My, my daughter gave me a podcast recently and it, it was from the author, an excerpt in the podcast was from the author that wrote um, Atomic Habits. And mm. that really kind of like, spurred me to say, okay, let's be very specific. And I don't mind sharing my, my tracker because I think it might give context. Yeah. Um, because everybody's self-care is different. So for, for at least kind of the first quarter of the year, what I'm going to be focusing on is steps. So I track my steps. I do that because it's real easy to say, I want to go for a walk or go outside and get exercise, but I'm very goal oriented, as you said. So yep. I, my goal is 7,500 steps a day. And that seems small to some people, but when you're in a meeting or have meetings all day, 7,500 steps feels like a mountain. I'm just going to tell you. Yeah, <laughs> so right. It used to be 10,000 steps and I would give up. I would give up yeah. because I'd be like, I can't do this, but 7,500 mm-hmm. steps is doable. Mm-hmm. Um, seven or five out of seven days for me with my life. So that makes it, and I track it every day, um, drinking three ginormous water bottles a day. I mean, it's far more than 64 ounces, but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do better when I'm hydrated, um, for everything. I sleep better. I feel better. I don't get headaches. I just, when I'm hydrated, the only problem is you go to the bathroom more, but that's okay. (laughs) That's That's a price to pay. Yeah, small price pay, right? But the last one, Brian, that one is kicking my, you know what? Mm. And it looks so silly. On I'm reading it right now. It says something for me. Yeah. So I have self-identified that as a woman that shows love with active service. Mm-hmm. I will do something for you, you before will. I ever do something for me. Right. And that's a problem. So I've identified that. And so my mm-hmm. plan is I write it down once a week and I have this little tracker. And so I'm not allowed to include the water or the steps. <laughs> yeah. 
So it has to be like, like yesterday, um, going to a Bengals watch party and mm-hmm. not uh, putting my phone in the car. I didn't, I didn't do anything. I just was all in with my friends and my That's family. Great. Great. Um, let's see. Um, you know, reading a book uh, that I'm, I'm only reading it for enjoyment. It's not mm-hmm. a workbook. It's not right. an article to make myself better. It's yep. just enjoyment. Um, let's see what else. Oh, going, going out for a cup of coffee with one of our residents or a friend. Oh or, yeah. yeah. You know, getting, getting a pedicure. Mm-hmm. Um, those are things that I do for myself that I have found that that's the one that I struggle with that again, I, I will get to the end of the day and think, Oh, I didn't do it again. Right. Um, but that says something to me, doesn't it? It says mm-hmm. that I need to be more intentional and that's what I need to work on this year is doing something for me every day. Yeah. And it gives you something to look forward to throughout your week. If you're planning those, that moment or those moments or those activities, um, right. Right. Helps get through the mundane aspect of, you know, getting through the week and, or getting through sometimes maybe even hard weeks. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you just gave me an idea of something. Oh, Oh yes. Yes. That afternoon cup of London fog. I'm going to add that. There you go. It takes a lot to make it. So that would definitely qualify as something for me. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm always here to to give good ideas as you know, (laughs) you are, you are. Well, so, you know, at, at, at the heart of it and, and, some of what tied into this is we, you know, February is American Heart Health Awareness Month and and February 3rd is the Go Red Day. And I just think self-care is is an important concept, I think, in all of that. You know, if you go back to the basics, whether we're talking about dementia or mm-hmm. taking care of our hearts, you know, there's so much it, it seems like those degrees of wellness, whether that's eating right or sleeping right or taking mm-hmm. care of yourself or exercising, they're all such critical parts of, really of self-care and, and not only your short-term, but your long-term health as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that, you know, we've, we look at, we track certain metrics from an HR perspective. And that's something that I know Joan is, and the HR team is really, you know, concerned about is that. Mm-hmm. You know, if folks aren't having their annual wellness check, yeah. You know, I guess from one metric, if you're just looking at cost of healthcare, you know that re- reduces the cost. But no, Joan and the SLT believe that that's not a good thing because, again, if you're not getting regular checkups and your regular regular wellness visits, you you don't know what your health is. So right. um, it's so critical, so critical. Yeah. And getting those habits. And as, as mm-hmm. I hit it in middle age, I realized I took a lot of my health for granted as a young mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. and you have to start being, and, and again, health isn't just exercising, but it's, there's so many degrees of it that oh, you, have, sure. you have to work at it. And I think, I think I see, I see many of our residents working at, uh, yeah. at that. Um, you know, we were talking, Kristen was talking with Ann Wilson here earlier right. in the podcast and She's found ways of, you know, whether that's exercise or food or, or just being social, those are important things, you know, to keep her healthy and happy. Yeah. The bottom line is, you know, I think self-care is different for every person Mm -hmm. and that's what 
I think makes it beautiful, but it also makes it a challenge. So you do have to be reflective and say, you know, what aspects of my total being do I need to work on? And for some, some of us, it's more, it's physical, some of it's emotional, Mm -hmm. uh, social. That's a good way to frame it, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for that update. And I just want to touch on another topic that I know is near and dear to both of our hearts. And as we're moving here into February and Black History Month, you know, you and and the organization have been very intentional through uh, We Can Do Better initiative to, you know, lift up uh, people of different races, cultures, uh, sexual preferences and 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 gender uh, identity um, roles, but I, so as part of we talked a lot about strategy in our last uh, 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 podcast, but but I wanted to maybe dive into that uh, a little bit more and see if you could give a little bit of an overview of the goals that you have set out and, and the company has set out for this coming year. Yeah, I'd love to. And frankly, your timing is just um, spot on. And I would say Black History Month is 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 a reason, but the the footage that we saw over the sure. weekend yeah. um, from Memphis with Tyree Nichols is really heavy on my heart. And sure. I don't know, Brian, if you watched 60 Minutes uh, or not 60 Minutes, um, Sunday morning no, um, broadcast, they did a um, really nice story on him as a person in his life and mm-hmm. it's just um tragic you know, it, it it was and you know sitting with my family just crying yeah you know, that's the only thing you can do sometimes is just be so sad so sure. i mentioned that because um if that doesn't speak to me about we can do better right. uh, we're not there yet by any stretch of the imagination and they're sure. just such loss and heartbreak and tragedy and right um at every well, turn go ahead well and a reminder uh, you know from when this initiative started three years ago um at, you know after the murders of uh, you know, Ahmad arbery and, and george floyd and and, and brianna Brian taylor mm-hmm. um you know, it, it's just a reminder, a lot of work still needs to be done. Yeah. yeah. Just heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. So we're, you know, this has been something we've been doing consistently. We're getting ready to celebrate this year, our third year anniversary of We Can Do Better. Mm-hmm. And so we've done a lot, but we've established seven specific areas that we're going to be focusing on. Mm-hmm. Um, two of them are included or, or wrapped around our affinity group. So expanding our affinity groups and then um, creating or having some staff, not servant leadership team kind of lead those efforts now that we're, you know, uh, moving out of uh, or moving into a post COVID world. So affinity groups are, is a big, going to be a big focus this year. Sure. Leadership and how we gather and the work that we do together. Yeah. Um, we're also going to be continuing to work with our uh, board leadership committee to make sure that our board and our committee members uh, mirror the diversity of our residents and staff. That's really important mm-hmm. um, to us as an organization. It's not just having inclusive work staff or having an inclusive resident base or having you know leadership. It it starts, I think, with um, the composition of our board and our committees. So 
we've made great progress, but more to come. More yeah. to come. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Um, we also want to do offer some of our programming to our residents. So we can do better at this point has largely been um, focused on our leadership, our staff. And um, I think there's a real opportunity to have uh, discussion and dialogue and education and, you know, you know, meet our residents where they're at, at the different mm-hmm. campuses for um, some of the programming that we've offered and, sure. you know, maybe doing that with um, a few communities or all communities. We're just really open to how our residents want to engage in this work. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also uh, working on the Lauren Brown Empowerment Fund that we've talked about mm-hmm. on this mm-hmm. podcast in the past. And we have a capital campaign goal of a half a million dollars and mm-hmm. we're more than halfway there, but we still wow. have some work there and that will really allow us to continue Lauren Brown's legacy within our organization, right. but, and, and do so by making sure that we support um, our black indigenous and um, staff of color that uh, want to grow, but have barriers in their uh, growth journey that might be related to things that we can help fund and support that are not covered under a typical tuition assistance kind of program. So right. that's exciting. We've already uh, awarded our first Lauren Brown recipient, right. and we'll probably have an announcement in the near future on uh, this year's applicate, applicant awardees. So yeah. that's exciting. That's wonderful. Yeah. And then last but not least, um, we've been approached by other organizations to say, hey, we see you're doing some interesting work in this area. Mm-hmm. Could could you help us or could we learn from the work you've done or would you be able to share resources? And right. of course, the answer to that is always, of course. <laughs> right. So working on expanding or sharing our learnings with other organizations. Sure. Well, that's a, a, a lot of great work ahead. And I know uh, both you and I are really looking forward to that uh, to, to that work coming this year. Yeah. Thanks for asking, Brian. I, I think it's important to share broadly with the group. Absolutely. Such important work. Well, Laura, thank you so much uh, for joining us again this month to provide an update and some great perspective. And uh, we'll look forward to, to gathering again once again next month. Great. I'm looking forward to it as well. Brian, as always, it's great to hear from Laura. And I know she is a great proponent of self-care, not only for, for herself, but she encourages all of us team members at ERS to make sure we're taking care of ourselves. Absolutely. I know I've had individual conversations with her and, you know, it's good to see that she's got some goals and wants to see us have some goals as staff uh, members. And then, of course, it's just been very important to to make sure we have a good offering, you know, throughout our communities at, at uh, um, throughout ERS. So I know how that's important. And and she gave some great out, um, updates, too, on our We Can Be- Do Better uh, initiatives, what we're looking to do this year, especially with February being Black History Month. I know that yes. was on our minds, but uh, we've got mm-hmm. some good work ahead. So it was great to get those updates, Kristen. 
All right. Well, very good. Well, uh, next up, um, Brian, you got to sit down with our wellness director, Chloe Huff. So let's listen to Chloe and Brian. So I'm here with our director of wellness, uh, Chloe Huff. How are you, Chloe? I'm good. How are you? Doing well, doing well on a warm February day for sure. <laughs> yes. So um, thanks for, for joining us. I know this has been a really important month as you've been leading our efforts um, across the organization uh, for people to, to recognize the importance of heart health. And I, I was wondering why you could maybe talk about the importance of that for you personally. Yeah. So when I was 15 years mm-hmm. old, um, my mom had open heart surgery. Wow. And, you know, at the time, like 15, you're like in your own little world. You don't really understand the significance of like your mom's chest being cracked open and like, you know, everything that goes into that. Now that obviously I'm older and I'm in the, I'm a healthcare professional. Mm -hmm. I understand, you know, the, how scary it probably was at the time that I was just not aware of. Sure. Um, so my mom, we kind of always used to tease my mom, like, Oh, you're a hypochondriac. Like, you always have something that doesn't feel good. And you're always going to see a doctor. Um, right. But really, the, the fact that she did that helped to save her life right. um, in an essence. And, um, and I think uh, it was a more of a struggle. I think women in, um, with heart disease, it's not always seen the same way as it is with men. Mm-hmm. It used to be just seen as a, a man's disease. Right. Men have heart attacks. And um, and so I think as my mom learned, it's really important to have um, the right doctors and doctors mm-hmm. that um, you trust and that you know are listening. And um, and if they if you feel they're not, then you need to advocate for yourself. And I think that was mm-hmm. a big learning lesson. Um, and we t- apply that to everything. My grandparents. If, yep. you, if they don't feel comfortable advocating for themselves, we send a family member with, with any doctor. Um, so I think that was a big learning lesson. Um, if, if, you know, my mom found out later on in a women's group, um, they went and took my mom's gallbladder out first mm-hmm. and, you know, she was having some sort of gallbladder related issues and they took that out first. And then, you know, shortly after was when they were like, oh, we have to get her on the table. We have to get this heart surgery done. And, right. and she had an a entire valve replaced. Wow. So she, now she's got a pig valve. <laughs> wow. Um, but and when she joined a women's group later on, a women's heart health group, it actually mm-hmm. turned out that quite a few of them had their gallbladder removed before the heart surgery. Interesting. So it's just interesting the way that maybe women's bodies are operating versus a men body. So, um, all different things to take into consideration, but this month is so important to me because of what my mom went through and continues to go through because, you know, now she's knows that she has congenital heart problems and that will be with her throughout the rest of her life. And, 
as a result from that, my brother and I went through extensive testing in high school to make sure that we did not have the same issue. Right. Um, and we don't, we're good to go. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean that our children won't. Mm-hmm. And so it's something that will be kind of consistently on our minds throughout our lives. Right. And, uh, and I think it's important for everybody to know because not everybody understands that um, heart attacks can present differently in men and w- than in women. And same thing with stroke. They can present differently in men and in women. So right. um, this month is really important for me. I you know reflect back on my mom's journey and, mm-hmm. um, and I have several friends whose mothers have had similar journeys. And so we mm-hmm. all wear our red and support and mm-hmm. And I know a lot of our residents um, have similar journeys as well, as we saw from our, our video we just posted recently. So mm-hmm. um, it affects more people than we think. And I think it's great. And it's and it's fun to get out there and promote and promote right. heart health and wear your red. So Right. <laughs> right. So, so I, I guess just to transition how you took that passion and really turned it into uh, you know, something very honorable and, and to help others, you really drove, uh, the organizations, uh, uh, what is it? Go red day to where people would wear red. And then you had some activities. Uh, I, I know for, for staff, I can't remember if there were some things for residents, but it, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so for residents, we encouraged everybody to wear red and um and i led two chair classes that morning in a balance class and it was really cool the whole class was in red and we talked we talked more about heart health and we discussed certain activities certain exercise you can do to promote your heart health um because even in your 80s and 90s you still want to work on your heart health right um so we did we practiced all of that and it was it it's always really interesting and cool to me to hear other people's stories and our Mm -hmm. residents have so many great stories. Um, Mm -hmm. and so it really brought out some really great conversation, which was wonderful. And then, um, for our staff, we hosted, um, at Dupree house, we hosted like a stretch and relaxation class because Mm -hmm. stress also plays a huge role in our heart health. And then at Marjorie P Lee, um, Monique led like a high intensity interval training, quick class for staff, wow. drive those heart rates up, get a little sweat going. Yep. So, <laughs> yep. and it was really fun and we don't get to do a lot of that with staff. Um, so it was nice to do something specific to them during that day. Mm-hmm. And we got a lot of great feedback. So maybe that's something we'll do more regularly. Yeah, absolutely. I know I've heard several people that are just hungry for that connection and ability to do, you know, some some healthy habits together. So um, I think you're on to something there. I, and I think the other thing I just want to mention, um, you know, I, I was walking by the Dupree uh, Event Center when you were hosting uh, one of your wellness um, classes. And it was, I was amazed at how packed that room was. So you must have a really good following, uh, at the communities. Oh yeah. It's, it's really fun. One of the residents sole job is to count how many people come to class. So she loves to announce that the number is getting larger and, right. um, it's yeah, it's a good problem when you have to figure out how to, you got to order more equipment. So, right, right, <laughs> right. 
So, you know, just kind of wrapping it up, you know, for, for, uh, you know, our residents, older adults, and maybe even some of us that are a little more middle-aged, I just turned 50 this year. You know, what are some things that we can do to promote, you know, good heart health? Absolutely. Well, congrats on turning 50. Thank you. I made it. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, obviously there's the physical component of being heart healthy. So the American Heart Association recommends 150 minutes of moderate physical activity, cardiovascular activity, or 75 minutes of vigorous. Now our residents necessarily aren't going to do vigorous. You 50-year-olds, you could do vigorous if you wanted, or you can combine the two. You could do a little bit of moderate, a little bit of vigorous. So that's 150 moderate or 75 vigorous per week. Um, So that's kind of like your cardiovascular goal. And then they also recommend doing some sort of strength training two days a week. Mm-hmm. So it's really important. You keep the blood flow going, keep your muscles strong. You want to support the movement and the work that your body does for you every day. Mm-hmm. But there's other factors, you know, physical activity is awesome, but that's not the only thing that keeps your heart healthy. So mm-hmm. things like a healthy diet is huge. You want to choose whole grains. You want to include healthy protein sources. Mm-hmm. So like plant and seed food based protein sources. Um, You want to do minimally processed foods, which can be hard to come by as an older adult. So minimally, minimally processed foods, um, try to minimize your sugar intake, things like that. Um, And this one's won't be a big hit, but try to limit your alcohol consumption. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then another factor is sleep. Sleep is huge for your heart health as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I know any, any, you know, all ages we sh- can struggle with sleep. Um, yep. So it, it, it impacts your mood. It impacts mm-hmm. how creative or productive you can be. It, yep. give, it impacts how focused you can be. Um, right. So sleep is really, really important. They recommend seven to nine hours. And I bet most people do not get that much <laughs> No, in fact, that's one of my most recent uh, self-care goals is to to try and get seven hours of sleep because I'm I'm running anywhere from six to six and a half these days. We have to get up so early with our own kids, but oh I yeah, I know just from what you're saying, I've heard that before. It's so important to to, to get sleep for for so many reasons, not to mention a healthy heart. So, oh yeah, absolutely. That's like when your body does its reset. It's like let's right. go give me that time. Um, and another way is just like how we cope with stress. Um, stress plays a really big role, um, not only on our heart health, but just our body in general. Um, and and it's really important with how we deal with chronic stress as well. So, um, if you're stressed, you can overeat, you can be inactive, you can pick up bad habits like smoking or drinking too much coffee um, and too much alcohol or drinking too much alcohol. Absolutely. So um, you just want to make sure that however you deal with stress, it's in a healthy way. So exercise, um, deep breathing exercises, uh, obviously regular exercise, eating healthy, socializing, having some sort of community that you take a break from the stress of the day to socialize. So mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of different ways to unwind in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, not to mention meditation. I think that's one of the things that I use when I uh, my mind starts racing a little bit and just to bring myself back to the present moment. I found that very helpful as well. Absolutely. And there's so many ways to do that now. Mm-hmm. It's so yes. much more accessible. Right. Yeah, there's videos out on YouTube or audio or apps and things like that. There's there's a lot available to your point. Yeah. Well, Chloe, I, I really want to take the time to thank you so much for, for joining us and sharing, you know, your passion about uh, the Heart Health Month and, 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 and why it's so important and, and what we can all do to, to, to have healthier hearts. And we'll look forward to having you back on again to talk more about wellness in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Brian, it's always great to hear from Chloe. She's very active as our wellness director, not only supporting residents, but also all the team members um, with a lot of ideas for, you know, how to stay with our, our fitness routines. And you can you can see some of that this month, especially on our social media channels. Yeah, yeah. She's done a, re- a great job, I think, um, you know, w- with the whole uh, heart health uh, during the month of February. But I, I think even big picture, I've just been so impressed with Chloe. She's been a great partner here in marketing, uh, producing really these short little videos that we put out called Wellness Wednesdays. So we put them out on Wednesdays, out on social media and our websites. And I think, Kristen, we probably got close to 100 videos by now that we started maybe back in the pandemic. Is that right? Yeah, we're getting close. Um, we're um, in the 80s for sure. And I know in production, we're close to... Uh, close to a hundred. Yeah. We're going to just keep going with those. Yeah. They're, they're great little, maybe minute, minute and a half segments, easy, you know, to do in your own home or apartment. So I would really encourage people to, to take a look at those and, 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 and use those. Um, it's just easy ways of, of staying, um, you know, staying moving and staying active and, and keeping up, maybe even a little bit of strength. So absolutely. take a look. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, that's it for this latest episode of the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. For more information about us, you can visit our website at episcopalretirement.com. We have lots of great content, including our Linkage online blog, uh, resources to learn more about aging and in the services we offer, and so much more. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube to see what's going on within ERS and our communities. If you have any questions or feedback for us, we'd love to hear from you please email us at info at erslife.org. The Linkage Podcast is produced by Kristen Davenport and myself, Brian Reynolds. Our technical director is Caroline Perrier. I'd like to thank our guests today, uh, Ann Wilson and Chloe Huff. And special thanks, as always, to President and CEO Laura Lamb for joining us for a, a monthly update. On behalf of myself, Brian Reynolds and Kristen Davenport, thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to our podcast next month. Thanks so much, Kristen. That's right, Brian. We've got another episode coming up. Looking forward to it. Thanks. Thanks.